It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We're streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Uh, Coming up at 6 p.m., Zach Selby from Commanders.com. He caught up with John Lynch. Yeah, that's John Lynch, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor member in the Broncos and the Bucks organizations, and of course the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers and the the past boss, most recent boss, of Adam Peters and kind of got how those two got together. Really great nuggets, really cool insight into Adam Peters, the new commander's GM. So we'll talk to Zach Selby coming up at 6 o'clock. You definitely do not want to miss that. However, it is time just after 5.30 on a Wednesday to dive into the deepest, darkest part of the internet. Yes, it is time to read them comments. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. Every week, the Hoffman Show goes into the belly of the beast. We read those comments, baby. Never read the comments. All right, here's how this works. We have comments not only on uh, my page at Craig Hoffman, but we are now across 1,000 subscribers on the Team 980's YouTube page. Uh, which is very, very exciting. And to celebrate, I think we should actually start uh, with some comments from our videos on the Team 980s page. So with that said, we start off with uh, our... By the way, we post the highlights of this radio show on both pages. So if you're subscribed to one and not the other, uh, make sure that you're subscribed to both. We stream all three hours every single day on the Team 980s page. And there's, of course, content from some of our other hosts and contributors on 980's page as well, on my page. Well, you're going to get me because that's kind of how that works. Uh, But on Team 980's page, on our chat with Logan Paulson, uh, talking about Adam Peters on Friday, uh, King Slim says, why are we talking about uh, Ben Johnson when EB is still here? Of course, talking about Eric Vianney. EB has won or has more experience on a championship team and understands what it takes to win. This guy Johnson is unproven. EB didn't get a fair shake at it with Howell at QB. Howell was inherited, not what EB picked himself. EB is a leader of men, very detailed, and holds these men accountable. When the the players said uh, were, they were complaining about hard practices, that's when I knew he's our guy. Making the weakest links expose themselves was a good thing. Plus, it's about time uh, this team has a full time African American head coach. It will be a monumental uh, point in this team's history, by the way, as the last team to integrate uh, to finally hire its first black head coach, something that uh, could certainly happen this cycle, whether I doubt it's going to be Eric Bannemi, if I'm being totally honest, but Raheem Morris is interviewing on Friday, um, and there are tons of great candidates uh, around the league, and and hopefully, obviously, we continue to get more diversity amongst the head coaching ranks, because to think that some of the best players that have ever played this game aren't going to be good head coaches is very, very stupid, and that was a prevailing thought for a long, long time, as seen by the data. Um, and again, because because it's DC, because it's Chocolate City, because of the history of the team, I, I do think that will be a monumental moment here, but it is not a reason to hire someone outright. Like, that is, that is not how that works. That is not how any of this works. You hire the best candidate, and when it comes to EB as an actual candidate, um, I, I, I'm just not that impressed and you know, again, he's interviewed how many places and other people agree that while he is detail oriented, while he is demanding, like there's something about the way he manages people that does not scream head coach. And I, and I think this is an important thing to remember 
on all sides of what we're talking about here for every single coordinator for you know whoever else might interview for a head coaching job the jobs are different what you need to be a good coordinator and what you need to be a good head coach are different and you know i I don't think it's a positive when you come in someplace and people are complaining about you pretty instantly you've got to be able to implement change and make changes and establish a culture with people buy-in isn't forcing people to do stuff when you're if you had a new boss and they came in and we're like we do the things this way now and we're kind of a jerk about it i don't know that eb was a jerk about it but you know like to, to kind of go to this idea to play on this idea that he's some hard ass and that's what everybody needs like you'd hate that every single person listening no matter how tough you you think you are would hate that and it's not what's going to get the best work out of you What's going to get the best work out of anyone is coming in and working with you, empowering you to do the actual best job. And yes, is there something that when you talk about what's best for the organization? Yeah, identifying people who aren't good enough for their jobs and sometimes you just got to make changes. That is a part of it. But, I, you know, when people talk about being unproven, like Eric Bieniemy is a proven offensive coordinator under Andy Reid in Kansas City. His resume outside of that? As an offensive coordinator, is a four and thirteen record where he would committed quarterback malpractice this season, and his uh, resume as a position coach is outstanding, boomed by Adrian Peterson's talent for sure. But he's the guy who got the best out of Peterson. So Eb is a great coach. Eb seems to be, by everything I've heard, a tremendous man um, as well, man of high character, and those are great. I don't know if it's enough to be a good head coach. I'm not interested. We talked about that a ton. Um, but it's just like some of the things that people hold up is like positives on the resume are not going to sit well with a guy like Adam Peters or, or a guy like Josh Harris. And, and I think much more uh, like they do. Um, let's see. All right. Back to the comments at Craig Hoffman. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks to some of the I, I've been trying to Anthony be better about say uh, instead of just responding to the the nasty comments and the people that say mean things on the internet been trying to acknowledge more of the positive ones say thank you as our page grows we get more of each that is the nature of it uh but but uh let's see who was this uh gregory green says people sleep on craig man he puts in way too much work to have this little subscribers this guy needs more subscribers and riley and daily grinders uh co-sign that so i i just want to say thank you it's just a moment of gratitude here and never read the comments. It doesn't all have to be bad. Uh, I do think we're doing okay in the subscriber uh, count. We're, we're nearing 5,000. But we can we can definitely use more, Anthony. I, in this particular case, more is better. I was about to say, we can always use more. <laughs> we can always use more. All right, uh, let's get to some of the actual football comments. And there were plenty on our videos this week. This is a funny one. Actually, our most recent comment from Apollo. Did anyone shut off Martin Mayhew's badge? Make sure to contact payroll as well. Easy fix. Technically still employed, uh, but I think that is probably going to change. That is one thing that I wonder how quickly they will do that because obviously the number one thing is that Peters and company hire a head coach, but how quickly do they then you know, make a ruling on a guy like the enemy, a guy like Mayhew, or can Peters kind of do those two things as once? Uh, also, uh, housekeeping at Wow Lex says, if San Fran wins the Super Bowl this year, does Peters get a ring or did he leave the building too early? I think he would get a ring, Anthony, which would give him 
four Super Bowl championships in 16 years in the NFL. I, I'm not great at math, but that's if you can win a Super Bowl every four years, that's doing pretty darn good. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, some players don't even see a, a Super Bowl in their lifetime. So. Yeah, or executives or scouts yep. or whatever. He's He's been a part of, at varying levels, been a part of four or three already, potentially a fourth this year. I think this is the craziest stat. Um, he has been in the NFL for 16 years. He has 13 division championships. 13. All those years in New England, basically every year in Denver, he gets to San Francisco. They have to rebuild it, so obviously there's some years where he doesn't win it. Uh-huh. And they get it up to that, and he's won the NFC West a bunch of times yeah. as a big, big part of what they're doing in, in San Francisco. He might know, might know something about winning. It's a great track record. Yeah. Uh, Pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right, uh, let's get to uh, some comments now on this past weekend. Uh, Logan and I talked about how Wild Card Weekend affected the commander's coaching search uh, on Take Command. Uh, 50 Cent ain't enough, X33, uh, says, Slowick and Johnson were all world this past weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing McDonald versus Slowick. think they should wait till that to make a decision. Um, I think if people are putting all of their stock into one game, in many different examples, you are making an enormous mistake. Now, is this a great data point this weekend to see, especially considering these two teams played earlier this year, I want to see how slow it evolves, and I want to see how McDonald uh, kind of guesses ahead on that evolution, and can he stay ahead, but he's also got a better team. And also, again, these are different jobs. Coordinator and head coach require very different things. There is some crossover, and especially if you can set up a system where you can keep coordinating your side of the ball while still being the head coach. All all of that is relevant. But if you're like, hey, my two favorites are Mike McDonald from Baltimore, their defensive coordinator, and Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator from Houston, and whoever wins this weekend is who I want, you're doing it wrong. By the same token, Dan Quinn can't be written off because he had one bad playoff game. The dude's also won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. Like, which one do you count more? So I think that these playoff games do matter a lot. And I will also say this. The playoff games matter a lot to people that make decisions because recency bias is real and the idea that they've seen it with their own eyes. On any given weekend, an NFL owner is watching their team And then maybe they watch the national game. But these are very rich people with a lot of stuff going on. Especially if they've got coaching candidates out there, they're watching the playoffs. So if you're Dan Quinn and you've been awesome for three years as the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, and your highest profile moments are the 48-30-whatever loss it wound up being this weekend to the Packers, blowing Super Bowl whatever that was to the Patriots, the 28-3 game, like, you're resume for NFL owners is not great, even if a lot of football people who work for NFL owners would love to hire you. And that is something that a guy like Dan Quinn is going to have to overcome. And, you know, obviously uh, this weekend, if Slowick all of a sudden gets dominated by McDonald, that's that's going to be uh, a talking point is as well. Um, we talked about John Allen uh, and some of the the takeaways from the uh, Adam Peters press conference yesterday. And Allen came up as one of the cornerstone pieces when 
uh, Peters was like, hey, we got some cornerstone pieces and didn't elaborate. And I was like, he's talking about John Allen. Uh, but he might also trade John Allen, and that's how he's the cornerstone piece. Uh, and I also talked about how they have to see who, who the defensive coordinator is. Because if you hire a 3-4 coordinator, like you don't have a place for John Allen. Uh, is he, he a 3-4 defensive end? No, that's a waste of his talent and a waste of your resources. And Day1973 says, did you watch John Allen this year? He's not a 4-3 defensive tackle either. And again, I think it's really, really important for people to not overreact to one season, one game, whatever. And this goes for Emmanuel Forbes and what you think of him. This goes for John Allen. This goes for John Dotson's regression in year two. This year's commander season was a disaster in a million ways. And to put too much stock in anything when you have other data available, I think is a huge, huge mistake. And essentially, I guess today's theme and never read the comments is don't overreact to one thing, one season. And it's really don't overreact to the thing you saw most recently. John Allen was a pro bowler in the previous two seasons. And and this season, he played with a Liz Frank injury that bothered him the entire year and a knee injury that bothered him for the back half of the season. Do I think John Allen all of a sudden can't play football? No. I think he was hurt. And I think he was part of a terrible defense that was very poorly coached. And he, by the time he got healthier, he, they had traded Sweat and Young. So all of a sudden, he's getting double teamed every every snap. And again, John Allen was not good this year. But to think that that means you need to cut him and he sucks and he's not a, he's not a, a good player or even a worthy NFL player anymore, like... It's such an overreaction, and it's so tired to hear people go to that extreme, but even you know, on a more reasonable basis to think that all of a sudden he's toast, I think I think you're probably jumping the gun. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, uh, Andrew O'Shea, 5944, says, given Adam's history with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, any chance those two could work together? Um, I think it's worth pointing out just on a like a factual matter for all of the uh head coaches that have been requested the coordinators and whatever that have been requested for interviews bill belichick has not been on that list they requested Ryu morris they requested dan quinn they requested a bunch of different people as far as i know vrabel hasn't been requested and belichick hasn't been requested it doesn't mean that they necessarily 100 won't but the commanders were very quick to jump on their top candidates, and those guys were not on that list for whatever it's worth. And I think that while Peters probably respects Belichick a ton, has learned a lot from him, I don't think that that is where this organization is going. This organization is going young. This organization is going cutting edge. This organization is going someone that can be here for 10 years. It's also why they're not going to go after Harbaugh. Could Harbaugh help you? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, like Jim Harbaugh has a shelf life. And that is that is something this team is not interested in. This team is interested in finding their Dan Campbell um, and Brad Holmes combination that Detroit has and looks like they might be there for a decade. Um, what John Lynch and Kyle have put together in San Francisco. What Les Snead and Sean McVay have put together in Los Angeles. Like That is what this team is trying to find. It's what every team is trying to find. But this team, I think, is taking that more seriously and not willing to put up with anything in the short term. And Belichick, because of his age, is a short-term prospect. Harbaugh, because of his uh, 
his demeanor, his the way he rubs people the wrong way uh, after a very short amount of time is a short-term prospect. And I, it's just not something that they're that interested in. It's got to have the chance to be long-term. Uh, great point from Carter Boatner 5170 on Never Read the Comments uh, on our chat with Logan. Uh, the 49ers succeeded at finding the right guys from a mental kind of study was a quote from Logan in our interview. And he said, the key to modern NFL rosters, both finalists for the GM job, have psychology majors. Hmm. That is a good pull uh, from, from one of the commenters. And I think that, like, I've been doing a lot more reading about psychology and, and neurology and stuff recently just because I'm a gigantic freaking nerd and that stuff really interests me. By the way, Anthony, I'm reading this book on sleep right now. Uh, and... Did you know the song Yesterday by the Beatles? Paul McCartney basically wrote it in his sleep. There's parts of your brain from a creative standpoint mm -hmm. that are basically unlocked during REM sleep, during like when you dream. And the logic parts of your brain that make those same parts of your brain have like walls on it, have a ceiling on them when you're awake to keep you safe so you don't like go crazy. Um, those are off when you sleep. So your problem-solving abilities and your creative thinking abilities are actually greater when you're sleeping than when you're awake, and you can carry some of those thoughts in your sleep. And so, like, the the song Yesterday by, by the Beatles, Paul McCartney thought of that melody while sleeping, woke up, sat down at his piano, started playing it, wrote it down, and was like, wait, that's not familiar because I heard it somewhere. That's familiar because I just wrote that. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. But also, I don't remember half the dreams I dream. Yeah, that that is. But there are times that you've gone to sleep thinking about a problem and woke up with a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's because that's how that's your brain actually working. Wow. That's nuts. Here's another another crazy example. Uh, the periodic table of elements. Uh huh. The thing that we all learned about in chemistry class. Yep. The guy who came up with that came up with it in his sleep. He'd been trying to figure out how the like how all those elements and what they knew about chemistry in the 1860s was related and like what the relationship was. And he thought of the periodic table, woke up, wrote it down, and they obviously then had to like go in and do the science to it and, and put it through the hypothesis and, and all those kinds of the scientific method. And there were only slight corrections they had to make based off of the original model he wrote down when he woke up from sleeping and dreaming. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Your brain is nuts. And that's why having a psychology major as your general manager is probably a good idea. I think that's a tremendous skill set to have because you understand people and how they work together and how they learn. And like, yes, these two people will work together. No, these two people won't. Um, this is how this person learns. This is how this person needs to be treated. And you can help treat everybody to the best of their ability. And you also, here's the other part of this to make it less like once they're already here, one of the most important things you can have in a football player when you scout them is, do you love football? If I sit down, Anthony, with you, and you're a you're a college prospect, and I go, hey, young man, that's that's what coaches do. That was a very Rivera thing of me to do. Hey, hey, young man, do you love football? I do. I love it with all my heart. Yeah. If I'm a psychology major, and I actually am good at reading people, I can probably tell whether you're full of you know what? Seems like a useful skill to have. Just saying. I would agree.
Yeah. Um, last but not least, uh, on this never read the comments, our funny comment of the week comes from a guy with a funny handle. His name is Tommy Lomain. Tommy Lomain. And uh, Anthony, this is also uh, from Friday, the day that they hired Adam Peters. He said, in all caps, if your left hand has been up for longer than 24 hours, please see a doctor. That's hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> mine's are still up. I thought it was four hours, but 24 hours, whatever. Yeah. Go see a doctor. <laughs> uh, that is never read the comments for today. You can always leave your comments at Craig Hoffman, at the team 980. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on YouTube. When we get back, Zach Selby from Commanders.com joins us. He talked with John Lynch about Adam Peters. He'll tell you us about that chat next.